Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2004 film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, as most people realize, is about um, a couple played by Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet who want to erase their their memories or something like that. And I say something like that because the, the story has a lot of uh, nuances, to say the least, which will be discussed today. Now, it is uh, first Monday of the month when you're hearing this. And so that means joining us today to talk about many of the um, themes of this film is author Anne Foistel, author of Our Favorite Movies, How Films Affect Our Mental Health. Uh, Anne, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me again. I always enjoy being here. Likewise. Um, now, I, d- I do want to mention a couple of resources up front because I know that there are at least a couple different crisis text lines available if you do need to uh, reach out to anyone today. Uh, in the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to eight five two five eight, depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings. Um, and thanks for um, joining us again, uh, first first Monday of the month. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I'm excited to talk about a, a movie that I wrote about in my book. Definitely, and 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 your um, write up in, in in your book is one of the only review, and, and I shouldn't say one of the only, but I it might be one of the only. Um, write-ups of the movie that addresses some of the problematic uh, content in the film. Right. And if you're listening to this going, well, what problematic content other than it being PG-13? I think it's PG-13, isn't it? Other than uh, content, what other... And, and so so we'll, we'll be discussing um, that and much more um, that this episode. Uh, but um, how, what, what have you been... Um, watching lately um you know mental health wise or otherwise um one movie i saw was called horse girl and it's netflix i know you don't really do netflix mm-hmm. but for those of you who do um it is um that it's about a young woman played by allison brie um who we slowly begin to realize has um some problems with psychosis and uh, as the movie goes on, it's obvious that she has schizophrenia um, and she it's very realistic. It's very nuanced. And um, she's also with the title like Horse Girl, she's very connected with horses and had to give her horse up. And that was either, either the triggering event or, or it was among the triggering events for her, for her. Um, episode of psychosis so it is somewhat unsettling i would say but i still think it's definitely worth it um and then a movie that's not necessarily about mental health but i think has some themes to it is nomadland which oh, i've heard about that Globe. yeah and that's one that should be opening up little by little as we speak right because it's right it's on hulu right now and i'm not sure if it's in the theaters i you know i've been really we're looking at streamers and theaters right now, but True. Um, it's definitely on Hulu. 
Um, but yeah, so one uh, best drama, best director at the Golden Globes, and it's about this woman, Fern, played by Frances McDormand, um, who's in her like I want to say late sixties, early seventies, and she decides instead of trying to live with her family or live in different places, she ends up um, sort of driving around as a nomad um, in her uh, van and sort of her experiences with that, but sort of there's like an aching loneliness at times for her, you know, cause she's on her own mm-hmm. and she connects with other people, but she's ultimately alone. So mm-hmm. you see that you see, you know, possible depression. It's, you know, there's, there's definitely at least uh, maybe not clinical depression, but definitely situational depression in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I see? Um I watched uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. I still have to watch that. I, I oh. uh, have it queued up, but I have not watched Because apparently there was a, and that that's apparently may get some nominations when the, mm-hmm. and, and I think the, and this is all at this point when we're recording maybe prediction, because I think the nominations will be coming out in between the time we're recording at the time when you're going to be hearing this. So if you're listening, we're either going to be really, really good uh, with predictions or not so good with (laughs) predictions. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the drawbacks Uh, to like pre-recording. If there's any time sensitive stuff, you could either be like super on the money or not on the money. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) completely gone so but how um, how have you been doing otherwise i I probably should have asked that first instead of the movie thing first but how how have you been been doing i've been doing all right not too bad as i was telling you before we started you know my cat's not been great for they had to take him to the vet and everything and that was a little bit expensive but you know I, i i will spend money on my cat so other than that um Nothing too exciting going on with me. Just uh, you know, trying to trying to you know beat the boredom and yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> live, live is is uh, and and find the vaccine shots for myself and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, I sure. That's, well, been, that's basically what I've been doing. Yeah, I've been just keeping busy with with work and. Um, trying not to get frustrated with uh being canceled that's that's a new experience for me i think i had um and i'll undoubtedly this will undoubtedly come up so and i told myself i wouldn't mention this on mic and i and i'm so i'm going to try my best not to get too specific but being canceled is not a is not a fun experience particularly when you don't know what you did to be treated like you know, like your your Woody Allen and Marilyn Manson and that country singer, you know, all wrapped up in in one big, you know, barrel of monkeys. <laughs> so, so, so that is a uh, new experience for me, which I would not, which I would not wish on anyone. Though that figure of speech, though, I don't know how accurate that is because if you don't like someone, wouldn't you want that to be wished on someone? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's some people who I would wish it on, but you know, if I'm going to be honest, um, but that's not not a fun experience. Um, 
Oh, and then I embarrassed myself on mic because I don't I don't do any editing. And I, I, I was uh, talking with, um, oh, and one movie that I'll, I'll undoubtedly be mentioning in, in months and years to come is there's a movie, uh, The Extraordinary Ordinary. Um, I was talking with the director, and so the episode will be dropping either this week or, or next week. But uh, she had made mention that the basis for the movie title was Ordinary People, which oh. in my none too infinite wisdom, I thought was one of the like with the grammys how the grammys have like this horrible track record of picking losers uh, as, as winners and i so I, I i erroneously thought that ordinary people was nominated but didn't win when in fact it did win best picture mm-hmm. so right on mic not skipping a beat i said oh by the way do you know why ordinary people was never you know why it didn't win and no sooner did i open my mouth to had to remove my foot after I said that, <laughs> because I mean that's an honest mistake, though, right? I oh mean, yeah. I mean, with what, like *Chariots of Fire* winning over what *E.T.* or *Gandhi* or something like that. So, it's it would not be a, a terribly uh, naive mistake to make, yeah. but it was an or, embarrassing mistake nonetheless. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love winning over uh, yeah. *Private Ryan*. Yeah, and then we know how, how 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 creepy that one looks because of the the producer associated with it, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I mean example after example. So so yeah, so I so I I, I fact checked myself right then and there in real time. Uh, she was like something else, and I I interjected her answer to say fact check alert. It did win best picture. So. That's one of the that's one of the, the, the drawbacks to no editing is you get faux pas like that. <laughs> so, um, and, and speaking of which, um, the, the 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 topic of the film, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, it's a sort of film that, for those who don't know, the the screenwriter, uh, Char- Charlie Kaufman. And his most recent film at the time we're recording was a Netflix movie. I, I um, John Blank on the movie right at this moment. Uh, oh, something about, oh, I think I we're, I think we're, 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 I think we're ending. I think about ending things. I'm thinking about ending. I'm thinking about anything. So if oh you've seen goodness, that one, that movie, <laughs> that one is is a, is a trip. <laughs> so, at least. Don't so, watch that if you're half asleep because then <laughs> things get weird. Exactly. I, it was Correct. good. It was just well. It was a Charlie Kaufman movie. Exactly. That's, that's what so, happened. Yeah. So when I say it's a Charlie Kaufman uh, movie, he, he wrote the and I think he wrote this. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay and the it was directed by Michelle Gondry, who who I mm-hmm. believe made another Charlie. But Charlie Kaufman, his story is a very depending on who you ask. You're going to different. You're going to different. You're going to get a different take on what the movie's about. Um, the 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 prevailing consensus, uh, no argument as far as the, the storyline is that the, the there's a couple. Uh, Joel played by uh, Jim Carrey and Clementine uh, played by Kate Winslet, and Clementine goes to she, she breaks up with with. Um, with, with uh, Joel, and to do so, she goes to this clinic to have all her memories 
removed. So that, that's everything else at the end of the, after that's probably anyone's guess, but that, that would that be the, the correct starting point as far as the, the, yeah. the gist of the movie? Just to be clear, it's her memories of Joel removed, not all of her memories removed. Oh, oh did I say all of her memories? Yeah. So it would be, yeah. yeah so yeah, another, another fact check in real time. So hopefully this won't be a new habit where I'm getting in of making horrible mistakes like that. Um, and, and something that, that I should know since I was just, you know, rewatching this a couple days ago. So I should know better. But but yeah, that is correct as far as the specific memories of, of Joel. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is what we find out at the beginning is that there was this relationship between Joel and Clementine and it has ended in a very ugly way. Um, of, and then Clementine decides to, yeah, get her memories removed of Joel. Once Joel finds out about that, he decides to get his memories removed of her. And so as the movie, un, um, as the movie unfolds, um, you get, you see um, a lot of, there's a lot of sort of playing with time where it's not exactly memento where it's completely backwards, but there's a lot of sort of looking backwards at the relationship from the end to the beginning. Um, so uh, with, but you sort of, the half of it is, is or half to three fourths is, is Joel and Clementine and the other sort of quarter to a half is the people of this organization called the Lacuna Corporation who are doing their erasing of of the Joel's mind, and Cle they they already did the racing of Clementine's mind. But what you see in the film is them erasing Joel's, uh, not mine, but the me see. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's contagious. Not, not, <laughs> they are erasing um, either of their minds. They're erasing the memories of the other partner. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, one thing I was wondering about, as far as and obviously mental health and, and recovery looks different for everyone. I know that there are those who are um, not, not, not fans of psychiatric medicine, uh, to, to, to put it uh, <laughs> bluntly. Um, do you think that someone who is against psychiatric medicine would look at this film as like a, like a, a parable or a message against psychiatric medicine because at one mm -hmm. point the 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 doctor um the the one played by um tom wilkins yeah dr mersuiak when when right. uh, joel joel comes in when joel comes in and asks about it he says oh, is it safe and, and dr mersuiak says well technically it is brain damage <laughs> he says it right right you know just you know just matter of factly like Mm -hmm. uh, but that's one thing that I've always wondered about is that if it's perceived as being like ammo for those who are against, you know, specific avenues of, of, of treatment. That's one thing right. that I always wonder about. I think that's, I think it's entirely possible. I, you know, and for myself, I know that the psychiatric medication I'm on has affected my memories um, and I do a trade-off situation with that or the way they affect my symptoms is, is, you know, comparable to the memories. I've also, 
um, was reading an article from Psychology Today where somebody, where there was a psychiatrist who was experienced, was um, saying it was like ECT. So it could be considered, you know, different um, psychiatric treatments. It, um, and also you could think, look at it about dealing with, with trauma. Is it about sort of, you know, should we bring out our memories of trauma and deal with them that way? Is that mm-hmm. the way to, um, is that the correct way to, to deal with, with past trauma is to try to bring it out or is it mm-hmm. better to try to leave it in your head and not, you know, remember trauma? And then if you had the choice, would you, would you go ahead and try to erase your memories of someone else, especially if that was somebody who had caused you trauma? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, um, and I just want to emphasize it, it is a, it is a good movie. I, I'm not necessarily on, on board with it being a great movie uh, mm-hmm. for reasons that I'll, you know, get into just momentarily, but definitely a, a, a very good movie that, uh, well-made, definitely has a lot of food for thought, especially in relation to, to mental health and, and mental illness uh, issues. But one of the, the, the things that, as far as what you just said about the, the, the memory part of the story, I thought it was kind of interesting that in the film, when, when Joel is at the office for the, at, at the Lacuna office for this time, he sees the, um, Mary, who's uh, the Kirsten Dunst character, who's mm-hmm. uh, printing out the, these little voucher coupons or, or reminder slips that say, please do not mention, you know, we have erased Joel's memory, or we, <laughs> we, 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 we it's worded some way, like we have, we have erased Joel's memory from Clementine, please do not talk to Clementine, please do not mention Joel to Clementine. So it's it's basically all but admitting to the viewer and to the characters of the film, oh, by the way, this might not work because if you if you mention it to them, they could still remember it, thereby exactly. rendering their their services null and void. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. the thing that, that, that kind of bugged me about the film is <laughs> why are they printing out all these, and, and, and they were printing them out, you know, that she was at her desk and that you show the printer like printing out these little coupons or little certificates like, you know, golden tickets as it were to give to um to people so why would they need to do that if it worked as advertised well the only thing that i mean i think the one thing that could make sense with that is if let's say the you know the mutual friends the friends well they're originally joel's friends but mutual friends they say to clementine hey, you know, why'd you break up with Joel? And she's like, who's Joel? I mean, those people are going to be super confused and they're going to think there's something seriously wrong with Clementine. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, you know, as we find out this this situation, you know, the whole uh, endeavor is not quite what you think it's going to be. But I I wonder if there are other, there could be other explanations for, for that. Yeah. Well, on on the memory thing, and the, and I had um, another interview. I don't know when this will probably have to air around the same time now because I, I'm mentioning it. But I had someone on talking about memory, and specifically different memory techniques for people who do memory like memory championships, where someone mm. memorizes a deck of cards, memorize like what like with Raymond, oh. like how Raymond does it. And there are different memory techniques. And I and honestly, and, and I'll tell you right now, I was 
and still am conflicted about doing that episode. Not because it's, I have any objections to that, but I, it's sort of like a thing that's like so cool that I don't want anyone else to know about it, that kind of thing. But one of the things that, that's very specific about the way memory works is we, like the human brain does not memorize stuff in a, like writing stuff down an index card kind of way. The, the brain memorizes stuff in a very three-dimensional way, meaning it has to be something very vivid, it has to be something very colorful. Uh, one of the standard memory techniques, and, and there's even a word for memory uh, techniques called mnemonics, M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C-S. Mm -hmm. One of the very specific uh, tricks for helping with memory is to get something very vivid that you have no way of forgetting, such as a, a, you know, a bed or a couch on a beach, such as a little miniature sized Jim Carrey under a kitchen table, stuff like right. that. So I have no doubt in my mind that somewhere along the way, either Michelle Gondry or Charlie Kaufman came across some study of mnemonics because there's no way that they would just have that be there just mm -hmm. for the sake of it, because it's something that then, it's something that that's, could be. A, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's something that it, it, it's 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 easily recognizable. That right. that image is just a very recognizable image. And it could also be so they also have um, someone else who who had shared the screenwriting credits was Pierre Bismuth, which is uh, uh, somebody who's from France and I think he's like an artist oh, or something. Yeah, and yeah, the writing credits, screenplay mm -hmm. by Charlie Kaufman, story by Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry, and Pierre Bismuth. Mm -hmm. So it could have been him too, but that's you know, that's a really good point. And I would I would agree. I would be very surprised if they didn't, you know, have use some of that other knowledge of, of memory and, yeah. and how memories are created. Yeah, and, and just as an example for what I'm talking about, there is a, a very famous book. It's not a mental health related book, though it's, you know, wouldn't be um, out of place in anyone's bookshelf uh, called Moonwalking with Einstein uh, by Josh uh, Forer. It's about memory techniques. And the, re the reason for that yeah. title is that's a very vivid description that you can memorize. You can, you can, it's an, easily recognizable figure, Einstein, an action, moonwalking. And it's something that e you hear it and you're not going to forget it. So stuff like that, where you create these three-dimensional images that are going to be easier to remember. So that's, mm -hmm. ju that's just one example of, Interesting. of that. Um, and, and I feel so... Um, I feel like such a jerk because I, I don't want I don't want people to know about it. it it's like it's like, you know like you, like you discover a band or a movie and you don't want anyone to know about it. That's the way I feel about mnemonics because it is so cool, <clears throat> and it and it's a reason why you'll often see a movie that just um, there might be one image from one scene that you remember, and that's that's why <laughs> because it was a three-dimensional image and you might not remember anything else about the movie but you remember like one scene in the movie that just sticks out in your head mm -hmm. and that that's why 
Interesting. Well, I definitely would say that was, you know, one of the reasons why the scene with, with Joel um, as a four-year-old under the table, um, that scene is probably the biggest in my mind because I actually found years ago, some maybe a couple years after the movie came out, I found a t-shirt online um, that had was a painting of this, that scene. And I just wore that shirt until it became holes. <laughs> like it was just, it was just oh. ragged, uh, and I had to throw it out. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 there's something about that particular scene that's I don't know, really very warped, yeah, but also very interesting. And you know, I well, yeah, and there's there's it. there are parts of the movie that are just downright um, Freudian. Like like the yeah. snake pit that we talked about last month. Uh, mm-hmm. episode. There's an unmistakable, uh, you know, Freudian, um, you know, undercurrent uh, through parts of the movie, uh, and parts like that being a perfect example. Yeah. No, um, totally, totally. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Now, let me ask you: Do you think this story would have worked better as? you know, a straight ahead science fiction only, like along the lines of like a total recall or an inception or a memento. Do you think it would have worked better? I think it, I mean, the whole thing would be like, so what would it be about then if it wasn't about the couple? Like, would it be about a, would it, I mean, like a total recall situation, Yeah. you know, I I guess, I mean, part of it, because I'm so connected with the movie, it's hard for me to, imagine it without the love story but i think that um you know i think it's possible it could have worked better yeah but i i'd be hard pressed to know exactly how they would change it to make it better yeah well one thing i i didn't like and this is something that has it in very good category for me as opposed to great Uh is uh, there was a, a a trope or stereotype or convention that was like everywhere around the time this movie came out, uh, namely the manic pixie dream girl uh, trope. How is Clementine not a manic pixie? How is she not that? I can tell you that I've actually. <laughs> so I was doing some reading because I had read a while ago where they were talking about how clementine um you know various bloggers and and authors and have said that clementine has either borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder yeah uh the manic pixie dream girl tends to be um somebody who is very cutesy um who has a sort of a zany personality but ultimately is not somebody who has mental health issues. They tend to be very positive and bubbly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also I think that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl gets um, overused. Yeah. And I think sometimes you lose a good, what, what ultimately is a good performance because that label is put on so. Um, but I think with Clementine, you know, she's much more real than some of these more surface Manic Pixie Dream Girl roles yeah. that I have seen. The ones that definitely, you know, go with that, that I yeah. would I would definitely put something like that on there. So um, she's just, 
raw. She's, you know, she's impulsive. She's, she gets angry. Mm-hmm. She screws up mightily. You know, yeah. I think, I think that's where I would say, I would um, say that she's definitely not a manic pixie dream girl. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's what kind of bugged me about it a little is that there was, there was that whole manic pixie dream girl vibe that and, and you're right it's it's probably not it's probably not accurate to um to to ascribe that um description to her we'll just have to agree to disagree <laughs> on that one. so so you you do see a distinct difference then of like in the in yes man how jim carrey and, and zoe dash know where right. so you so you do see a different a, a definite difference compared to, to that I actually have not seen that one, okay. unfortunately. Okay. But I think when I think of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I think of like the show The New Girl. Yeah. Or New Girl, whatever that show yeah. is. Yeah. Or like Elf. Yeah. So yeah. Dewey Deschanel just mm-hmm. she tends to have those kinds of characters. Yeah. Um, not that I don't I did I liked her in Elf. I thought that was amusing, but I would say that would be sort of when I think of that, that's mm-hmm. what I think of. Um, and this is another um, embarrassing moment where, because of my taste in films, Alf is a perfect example of a movie I have never seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, yeah. So that's I got. I got to work on that. I really got to give my uh, mainstream movie watching up to par because it's it's embarrassing a lot of times when I have on at something as innocuous as Alf. And I have never seen, I mean, I, I've heard of it. I've seen like bits and pieces when it's on TV. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. <laughs> well, I think, well, you know, I, I have a feeling that you, you've seen Zoe Deschanel and other yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I don't, yeah. I don't like to be picking on her too much. Cause like yeah. I said, I still enjoy her and she definitely, you know, she's, she's got a, better movies than our lesser movies so yeah well the other thing that i that i had an issue with and this is something that i i would buy money this is going to come back and bite this movie in the ass like in a few years and and this mm-hmm. is specifically there is a really creepy um subtext to the film there there, there are some secondary characters um mark ruffalo who i honestly i think mark ruffalo is is miscast in, in that in that role because i think it could have been uh, i'm trying to think on the character's name but the guy who is always the the hacker guy the one who is in uh ant-man that's a mainstream comic book movie i've seen ant-man see i haven't seen Ant-Man. Okay. i haven't <laughs> seen all the marvel movies yeah so we're gonna um, have to go with those yeah but i, I thought you're talking about the Incredible Hulk, Mark no, Ruffalo, or, no. or are you talking about yeah. Elijah Wood? Well, um, well, Mark Ruffalo, I thought he he was miscast because he just looked mm-hmm. like, okay, what's he doing? What's he? What's the point of this? Like, I know he was there to like screw around and and goof off, um, but and, and similarly with with Stan, with um, Patrick, the Elijah Wood character. So you have yeah. these two you know they're, they're essentially you know employees you know they're like the 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 field help for uh lacuna and they're in the so i i don't know they, they kind of um bugged me because they're both mm-hmm. very unethical uh characters who you know more so and you actually you actually mentioned this in your in your review so for those who 
one a different perspective. Well, actually, a perspective you haven't heard. Um, this is why you need to get this book, <laughs> because <laughs> on I can read exactly on page one twenty. Uh, caveats and triggers. Uh, quote: uh, Patrick is Patrick being the uh, Elijah Wood character, who's like a orderly or you know scientist guy, whatever you, whatever that term would be. He's very creepy and be considered a stalker. He steals Clement's, Clementine's underwear and purposely takes things of hers or Joel's that showed how much they loved each other. By using or referencing these things, he tries to make Clementine fall in love with him, uh, end quote. So there's, there's this creepy subtext throughout. And, and that's part of why, that's part of why, why, um, why Joel wants to to get back with her not necessarily because he misses her but because he's got patrick being a douchebag and mm -hmm. how dare you you know i want you know so it's partly due to that i mean do you think that that observation's wrong or do you think that that's no i think that you know you see that is that partially he wants to do something about patrick yeah, yeah. you know whatever that could be i mean you see him when he's in his own mind and you know, and the whole when he's sort of talking to Clem in inside of his mind, yeah. you know, he keeps trying to warn her about Patrick. And I do think that that is something that's going on there, at least while we're watching. Yeah. Um, and sort of at the end, how much does he remember? We won't go into that too much, but some things are never answered even at the end of the movie. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the Mark Ruffalo character, I think I would disagree. <laughs> I, I think that he's, it's a nuanced character, I yeah, would say. Yeah. He, he definitely does not get to the level of, of Patrick, because he's not a stalker like Patrick is a stalker. Yeah. That that whole situation is definitely creepy, and I think every time I rewatch it, I think, oof. You know, maybe yeah, this movie you, has a little more caveats. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's like... I could easily see this movie being like reevaluated, you know, yeah. in, in a year easily. Easily. Yeah. I mean, this is almost like I don't want to say the cinematic equivalent of like that that song Blurred Lines or you know, maybe it's called outside, but it, part of it feels like it in a way. Because that's I mean, that's how is that not a creepy thing to be, you know, and it's just Well, you know, I think I think that. I mean, they're definitely portraying it as a creepy thing. Yeah. I think it, it just depends on, and it's a caveat for sure. Mm -hmm. Does it mean that the whole movie is is a negative experience because of this particular thing? Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, true. I don't know about that. True. Um, so, but it's, you know, it's definitely something that you should know going in, I think, true. that there is this stalker situation mm -hmm. in the movie and if that is something that is triggering, then do not watch this movie. True. And and I just know something. Um, every film that we've talked about, whenever you've been on the show, there seems to be like one character who I feel sort of gets the, the short shrift of things. Mm -hmm. And and for this film, do you know which one I think got got the short shrift of everything? Mary. Actually, let me, that, yeah or? yeah I, I felt she got the raw deal oh yeah i really think she got a raw deal in the story 
and I'm not going to spoil anything, you know, explaining why, but mm-hmm. um, I just, you know, I just felt she got a raw deal. Oh, yeah. She definitely got a raw deal. I definitely, Mary is, you know, just a hard, she went through a lot of hard stuff in that movie, and I just hope that she does better on the other side. Yeah, I mean, she's doing what she can, because she, she obviously believes in what she's doing for for Lacuna, and she made some, um, you know, interesting um you know, personnel uh, choices uh, with, um, with 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 the doctor, but but still, it just she, she totally got a raw deal in in that story. I mean, right, yeah. right. So, um, but yeah, it is it is a film that uh, definitely has a lot to say about mental health and, and mental illness and 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 recoveries and and not, and in a way, almost like the the depths to which people will go. To, to get to get better right and, 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 to make and we better. haven't even talked about joel dealing with depression and anxiety himself oh that's right that's right yeah you know that's part of the the maybe even the main conflict between joel and clementine was their personalities and and their you know mental health issues i mean the joel you know he had the depression and anxiety um with Clementine having bipolar disorder uh, or borderline personality disorder or something along those lines. I mean, those, those kinds of things, it can be very hard because she feels trapped and in this, in this relationship and, and she feels like he's shutting down and he doesn't care about her. He doesn't talk to her. He feels like she's too impulsive and, you know, he can't stand her anymore. He can't deal with with the way that she acts. So, you know, that whole situation, what is it like when both people have mental health issues, have a relationship together? How does that work? Yeah. And 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 the timeline too of when they when they meet. And I'm not gonna clear I'm not gonna elaborate on the when they met because it might be a, a spoiler. Yeah. But even that the whole when they when they met that's not depending on who you ask you'll get different answers as to when exactly. they met <laughs> because it's 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 another thing that just you're banging your head against the wall going okay well did did that happen that way or did, are they it's like memory upon memory upon you know that kind of thing <laughs> i I've, I've heard that you can tell when the movie's happening by the color of clementine's hair Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that that's a good point. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and there was an early scene when he um, visits her at, at the bookstore and you cannot see the face of, it's presumably the, you know, the um, Patrick, but you don't know for certain because you can't right. see his face. <laughs> Baby boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just a random quote yeah. from the movie. Um, but yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know what? I actually worked at a Barnes and Noble once. So that, was that Barnes and connect with the book slave thing where she was talking about? But that. was that Barnes and Nobles or was it Borders? Because it, it was Barnes and Noble. It was Barnes and Noble. Okay. Barnes and Noble. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I know the the terminal. I think that was borders yeah the random 
sorry, didn't go on some tangent there. I'm sorry. Um, but um, yeah, drawing a blank now um, on that. But but like that, it is a like that. It is it is um, brain freeze again. <laughs> um, just been that that kind of day and that kind of week. So um, I'm allowing myself permission to have a few brain brain freezes. <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about, I mean, book slave isn't always the most PC term either. Yeah. When she calls herself that, or there's also a gay slur in the movie, which really, I don't talk about that in the book, but that did upset me. Oh, that that's right. That's right there. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely negatives in this movie. And, but I still think I still think it's it's a really good movie. Was it is it a great movie? Like you said, that's that can be up for interpretation yeah. now. Roger Ebert thought it was one of the three hundred best movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely, and it it is an, an award winning film. I mean, there's no no question about that, and it will undoubtedly be an award winning film for many years to come. Um, equally, undoubtedly, um, I would simply submit that in years to come, though there will likely be some reevaluating of it and um, you know nitpicking at it a little more I, I think yeah um, well there's a lot of movies you can nitpick about but I um, I do think it's important to be um, putting these things out there but you know it, it but there's there is a lot of stuff like my favorite parts are when Joel and Clementine are just having fun and being silly and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, and actually, and yeah, and you notice in here where you say, "I'm not going to read like the whole chapter because I know people <laughs> will wonder." You'll have to buy the book to read all of this. But, yes, um, and and you do say one of the fun things about the movie was that Jim Carrey Joel plays a Kate Winslet type character, while Winslet is Clementine plays more of a Jim Carrey like person. So that's mm-hmm. something that I think is definitely worth, worth um, noting is, you know, everyone's got these these images of like, you know, that, that Nicolas Cage movie, you know, Face Off, where you see it like real time. Really, but it's right there in plain that view. Movie <laughs> but it, it sort of feels like it in a true sunshine because you do get the, the they're playing against type in a lot of ways. And yeah. I, think I, I think I read somewhere that all the characters were like encouraged to go improv in scenes, except for Jim Carrey. They wanted Jim Carrey to stay on script. So they wouldn't let him go improv. Everyone, everyone else got to, but, but he didn't. He had to stay in character the whole movie, which I don't know how happy he would have been about that. <laughs> hey, he might have been like, hey, this is a nice change of pace, man. Yeah. Does so much improving and oh. all that kind of good stuff on his other movies yeah. that I, I would imagine that might even have been a a bit of a yeah. a, a relief. But um, yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me that the other folks did some of that because you can I think you can see some of that going on, yeah. sort of a looseness yeah. in there. Well, is there anything that I that I didn't mention about the film that do you think people should know about? Um, I'm just trying to think. I I think um, you know, 
I, I still I would say overall that I still recommend that people see yeah. it. Yeah. I still think it it's it's a very original. It's mm-hmm. it's something that some have tried to duplicate but have never um I think really improved upon the situation. Yeah. Um but I guess not I don't really have a whole lot of extra to say on it other than you know still check it out if you haven't seen it rewatch it if you haven't seen it in a while and uh hopefully you'll like it and you know what and you know what's what's really cool also is and i'm I'm just checking my calendar here the first monday in april is going to be april 1st so this is going to be like a a cool movie for like april fool's day because it's a very you know there is a very fun element a very lighthearted element of the film that yeah this definitely fits in with anyone's uh april fool's day you know festivities i would say yeah yeah i think that's that's true it's sort (laughs) of a it's a mind bender of a movie with a mind bender of a day sometimes yeah and oh actually i I made another faux pas. I'm like having the worst luck. It's March that had April 1st. So the first Monday is going to be April 5th. So uh, so it'll be a few days after April Fool's. So um, and, and on that um, and on that note, I should probably wind down for, for this episode. Um, I did want to mention um, a few more resources, everyone. Um, I know that there is Mental Health America. Uh, available mhanational.org there's also um, NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness uh, maddenamerica.com as people have mentioned that Um, and how can people get in contact with you and how how about the how would they get the the book Um, the book so it's our favorite movies how films affect our mental health that's available on Amazon and you can find me um, on my uh, Facebook business page, Writing Wisely, or my Instagram at Anne Foistel Author. That's A N N E F E U S T E L Author. Good deal. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for, for being here again, and uh, look forward to next next month. And me too. Um, so uh, stay safe everyone and uh talk to you next time uh take care